Hello, I'm Hilary, Assistant Pastor of Oxford Bible Church. It's so nice to be with you again. Um, last month I shared with you, return to your first love. As we looked in Revelation, um, Jesus told the church at Ephesus, and he tells us too, to remember from where we have fallen, to remember what it was like when we first received him as Savior, and that the time we spent with him. And then he tells them to repent, to turn away from the other things that have distracted them from loving him and giving him first place. And the third thing he says is return. He says, do the works that you did at first. And I remember when I was first born again, I just loved to spend time with the Lord, just enjoying his presence. And he wants us to do that. However, today, I would ask you the question, Yes, is Jesus saviour of your life, but is he also Lord of your life? So many Christians have received Jesus as saviour, and yes, they're born again, we're born again, but they have not made him their Lord. We all want to be um, saved from an eternity separated from God. And we do this by believing that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died on the cross, he paid the price for our sins, that God raised him from the dead, and that he has ascended into heaven. However, the Bible tells us that we are to make him our Lord as well. So I'd say again, is Jesus really Lord of your life? We have a very politically correct climate at the moment. Um, it's a climate in which everyone is his own master. If you employ anyone, you will find actually that it's very difficult to make corrections because people are not really very correctable. And we lose sight of what Lord means. Um, very few people want to be described as a servant and definitely I think maybe nobody these days wants to be described as a bond servant, a slave. You know, in the days, when, in the time when the New Testament was written, the Greeks were a hedonistic group of people and they absolutely abhorred. They thought it was totally repulsive um, to be subject to anybody else. And it's rather like that today or becoming like it. And I hate slavery, I absolutely hate it and I'm sure you do too. But we see Paul and James at the beginning of their letters, they describe themselves as bondservants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Greek word that Paul uses is doulos. And it actually literally means servant. And it means one bound to another. And I think it's good for us to have a good understanding of what Lord means. Because Jesus wants us to make him Lord of our life. Let's have a look at Romans 10 verse 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. When you were saved, you believed that Jesus was and is the Son of God. You believed that God raised him from the dead. You believed that he paid the price for your sins. You believed that he died for you, and that you've accepted him into your heart. And that's the difference between spiritual life and spiritual death. But let's look carefully. It says, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, 
we should confess Jesus as our Lord. There's another scripture which says that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's not enough for us to take him as our Savior. We must have him also as our Lord if we want a fulfilled life. Let me tell you a story. This is a true story. And Patsy Caminetti was one of our teachers at Bible school. And she told us this story. At her school, there was a girl called Rhonda Haney. And she wasn't a very popular girl. She wasn't in with the inset. And hardly anybody befriended her or even spoke to her. One day, Patsy was swimming. And she nearly drowned. In fact, she was drowning. And the one person to hear her cries and rushed to her rescue, jumped in and, and pulled her out, was Rhonda Haney. And she said, after that, I liked Rhonda Haney. And she said, I thought, yeah, I like Rhonda Haney. Yes, she saved my life. She said, did I have fellowship with her? No, I didn't. Did I keep in contact with her? No, I didn't. And to this day, 30, 40 years later, I don't know where Rhonda Haney is. And you know, some of us treat Jesus like that. We say, oh, Jesus saved us. And that's really very nice, but I don't have fellowship with him. And I, he isn't Lord of my life. We must acknowledge him as our Lord, as well as our Savior. And um, remember what he saved you from. As I began to think what Jesus had saved me from, I realized I gave up so much to become a Christian, to be born again. Let me tell you what I, what I gave up. I gave up a sick body that had rheumatoid arthritis. I gave up a mental state where I was full of anxiety and nervousness. I gave up having no friends. I gave up having no future. I gave up fear of the future to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. When he came into my life, he's given me peace. He healed my body. He's given me a purpose to my life. Remember what that wonderful, glorious, fabulous, fantastic, wonderful Savior has saved us from. And you know, the reason that we must make him our Lord is because before we received him as our Lord and Savior, we need to remember also that we have been servants of the enemy of God. We have been the subjects of the enemy of God. We've even been children of the enemy of God, who is the devil. Remember where we've come from. And you know, we belong to the country, to the kingdom of the devil, where he ruled and reigned over our lives. I've just told you what I gave up to be a Christian, a sick body and an anxious mind. But now, because we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, God says that he has transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son, Jesus Christ. We're born again by believing in our heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that God raised him from the dead. We're born again and God gives us a brand new spirit. But we still have the same physical body. We have a soul. This is where all our emotions are. And our soul has picked up some bad habits. And that's what we want to get rid of. We've belonged to a country with some bad habits.
but now we want to leave the bad old country. We want to be, as it were, naturalized um, citizens of the kingdom of heaven. When we were in America, we discovered that to become a citizen of the United States, we would have to totally break our ties with England. We would have to um, break our citizenship of the United Kingdom and become citizens of the United States. That we would have to swear total and complete allegiance to the United States. And it's like that with the kingdom of heaven. In like manner, we must make an absolute and unconditional break with our old fatherland and swear total and complete obedience to our new liege lord, Jesus Christ, son of the most high God. It means that we must confess Jesus as the new ruler of our heart life and our thought life. You see, one of the difficulties that we'll face is that yes, we want Jesus to be our savior, but we don't really want him to rule in every aspect of our life. Um, our life is rather like a large house with many rooms. And we say, yes, Jesus can come into this room, and this room, and this room, but I keep this room to myself. But Jesus wants to come into and be Lord of every single room in your house. And that brings safety to us. It brings fulfillment into our lives. You see, if we fail to make and to, to keep Jesus as our Lord of our lives, then we're not infallible. I mean, it means that we are vulnerable to make mistakes. And we do make mistakes, but we can make some very, very big mistakes if Jesus is not Lord of our life. You see, when Jesus becomes our Lord, He's wanting to say a lot about the kind of books you read. What kind of books do you read? Could you show them to Jesus? Would Jesus enjoy reading the books that you are reading? Or the magazines? Or the girly magazines? You know, it is such a temptation for young men and young women. There's all this porn, and it's all mixed up with books in, in these, these places that sell magazines. You have to watch what you look at. You have to be very careful what you listen to. What kind of TV do you look at? What kind of shows do you really enjoy? Imagine Jesus sitting next to you. Would he really be enjoying what you are watching, what you are listening to, the kind of music that you listen to? Does it bring glory to the Lord? The kind of entertainment that you enjoy, the kind of websites that you visit. Would you be happy with Jesus sitting by your side looking at that website that you're looking at? If Jesus is your Lord, he will want to have to say something about your finances, the, the work that you do, how you make your money, what you do with it, where you give it. As I said, the kind of amusements that you enjoy. If Jesus is Lord of your life, He's going to want to say something about the government of your physical body. Um, I feel I'm kind of an expert on this because I got into a situation where I was addicted to food. Um, and I just wanted to keep eating and eating and eating and eating and eating. First of all, I got a little satisfaction and comfort. 
But the more I ate, the less satisfaction I got from it. And I cried out to the Lord. I said, oh, Lord, help me to stop this. And he did. We need to eat healthy. We don't need to be fanatical, but we do need to eat healthy food. This is the only earth suit that we are ever going to have. And if we want to serve the Lord, if we want him to be Lord of our lives, if we want to bring blessing into the earth, we need to look after the vehicle um, in which we travel. After all, you take care of your car, if you're sensible, and so we need to take care of this body. We need to take exercise regularly. What are our morals like? Are we a bit sort of gray area about um, stealing? Now you may think, oh, I don't steal. Do you arrive late for work? Do you leave early? Do you not make up the time? Do you send your mail through your, at your boss's expense? Do you make phone calls at your boss's expense? And your sexuality. God made Eve for Adam. Not Adam for Adam or Eve for Eve. Adam and Eve. And who are you dating? Please don't think that you can have an innocent cup of coffee and it's not going to progress because if there's an attraction there in the first place, I do assure you it will grow rather than lessen. And I would say don't dally with an unbeliever. The Bible tells us very clearly we should not be un, um, unevenly yoked with unbelievers. That means don't marry unbelievers. And if Jesus is your Lord, Lord of your life, he's going to want to have something to say about um, your marriage, how you bring up your children. Some people have returned to you. I was a gentleman called Dr. Spock many years ago when my niece was, was young. And we heard about Dr. Spock, Dr. Spock, Dr. Spock. But you know, I never heard anyone say, the word of God says, the word of God says. We need to bring our children up according to the word of God. What kind of home do you make? Is your home full of strife? Or is it filled with the peace of God? Is it a place where unbelievers could come and say, I want what you have? And where you live, you know, where you live is very, very important. The church that you go to is very important. You really need to know from God where you should live and where you should go to church. Let me give you a biblical illustration. Um, I love stories about King David. He was a man after God's own heart. He made lots of mistakes, but he was a, God, a man after God's own heart. And in um, 2 Samuel, chapter 11, starting at verse 1, here we see the story of David and Bathsheba. I'm sure many of you know it. Now it says that David sent all his men off and all his leaders off to fight against the Amorites. But it says something very important here. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. He tarried and he dallied. And his dalliance actually brought death and misery. Um, that was the end of, the, of, of that dallying because David was living in the wrong place at the wrong time and he was walking on the roof of his palace and he saw Bathsheba. Now let's say, I'm sure this was an accident. If he had been godly as it were, he would have closed his eyes. He would have rejected the sight of this absolutely gorgeous woman and gone back into his palace 
and um, filled his heart and his mind with the Psalms or, 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 or worshipped the Lord, but he didn't. There he was staring at this beautiful woman, Bathsheba. And so he, he sent his, his men over to bring Bathsheba and she couldn't even say no to the king. And um, they had sex and she became pregnant and then she sent word to him and he tried to get Uriah, her husband, to go and sleep with her by various um, underhand means. But her husband was so loyal to David, he wouldn't shift from David's palace. And so in the end, he sent him back to the front line um, with a note to the, the general saying, see to it, you know, that he's in the front line and the rest of you draw back. And the man was killed. And the prophet said to David, the Lord says that by the hand of the Amorites, you have killed um, Uriah the Hittite. And for this reason, the sword shall never depart from your house. And also, so her husband died, was murdered. Um, her first baby by David died, and the sword would never leave the house of David. If you want Jesus as your Lord, um, you want to hand everything over to him. He's going to want to say something about your vocation in life. He's going to want to say who, about who you marry. He wants it to come in every area of your life. I want him to be Lord of my life. I want him to dictate where I should live, what I should do, because I know it's the only safe place. Do you want to make Jesus Lord of your life? It's voluntary. He's not going to force himself. We have to make him Lord of our life. And so because we have the life and the nature of our beloved Heavenly Father, Almighty God, let us seek to live our lives, to govern our lives according to his will and allow his life within us to manifest in our daily contact and we'll bring glory to God and unsaved people will want what we have. And so I remember that when I was born again, before I was born again, I loved to look at horoscopes but afterwards, the very next day, I hated them. To me, that was a sign that I was a brand new person on the inside. You know, speaking from ministerial experience, Many things have happened to Christians that I have come to know because they didn't really allow Jesus to be Lord of their life. And you know, many marriages have been entered into that are all wrong because the people concerned did not find out, not really find out what Jesus had to say about it and allow him to be Lord. I want to tell you a true story that... Um, Brother Hagen, Kenneth Hagen Sr. told us when we were at Bible school, there was a lady in one of the churches he was in and um, she was the most spiritual woman he said that he'd ever met, most spiritual person. He said she was a precious woman of God, that she knew how to pray, that she knew how to get hold, as it were, of God. The gifts of the Holy Spirit were operating in her life. She was such a blessing to all around her. She was a blessing in the church. Anyway, her children were grown up. She was a widow. She was about 55 years old. 
And as a widow, she was free to remarry. But you know, there are some conditions. Anyway, she went away to another city to live. And this is where I'm, I am thinking, my opinion is that maybe she should not have gone to this other city. Anyway, she met a man there and she fell in love with him and she brought him home to meet her children. And her children said, Mama, we're really concerned. Do you, are you thinking of marrying this man? She said, yes, I am. And they said, we're not happy about him. And she said, well, he goes to such and such a church. They said, Mama, you know that people can go to church all their lives and not have been born again, not have received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And he looks like he enjoys his beer. And she said, oh, yes, he does. But he's promised that after we're married, he'll give it up. Let me tell you, if that dear man or that dear woman will not give up that habit before they marry you, I can absolutely assure you they will not give it up afterwards. When you look at your potential spouse, you need to look at them as they are, because they're not going to change. Um, and to make your mind up, I really want to live with that person as they are. And so she had, and as I said, the word of God says not to marry unbelievers. And her daughters told her this. And she said, oh, I'm going to pray and seek God, and I'll put out a fleece. Well, her fleece told her to go ahead and marry him. After three months, he came, was coming home from work. He'd, um, he'd stopped at one place after another, and he was pretty well lit up by the time he got home. I think she probably said to him, why are you late? He took great exception to that. He punched her in the face, knocked her to the floor, beat her face up nearly to a pulp. He practically tore half her clothes off, and she managed to escape with her life, and she had to, to, to run across town and find refuge um, with another daughter of hers. And she lay in bed, absolutely beaten up for 10 days. When she came to see Brother Hagen, she said, oh, why, why did God put this on me? And he said, dear sister, you know that God didn't put this on you. You wanted to marry that man, and now you have him, and you need all of God's grace to live with him. But the sad thing, I mean, the good thing is that he, he, he did get born again, but her life was cut short through years and years of anxiety and worry and trouble. And this precious woman of God made a terrible mistake of her life because she ceased to continue to make Jesus Lord of her life. We get into trouble in our homes when we don't make and keep Jesus as Lord of our lives. You may say, how do I keep Jesus as Lord of my life? You see, Jesus is the living word and God has given us his written word to reveal the living word, Jesus. We must put the word of God first place in our life. When we put the word of God first place in our lives, we are putting Jesus first place. I want to turn to John chapter 14 and it's verses 15, 21 and 23. Jesus said and he says to us, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 21, Jesus says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Verse 23, If anyone loves me, he will keep, obey my word, and my Father will love him, 
and he will come to him and we will make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my word and the word which you hear is not mine but the father's who sent me. And Proverbs 3 verses 1 and 2. My son do not forget my teaching but keep my commandments in your heart. Guard them in your heart. Keep meditating on my commandments because they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let the word of God govern your life. When someone does something terrible to you, the word of God says, forgive, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you. Let the word of God be living and active in your life. Jesus says, pray for your enemy, love your enemy, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them who despitefully use you and persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. Let the word of God dominate over you. Um, 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So instead of um, looking at the TV, let's look at the word of God. And the word Lord means owner, master, the one who has absolute dominion, supreme authority, unlimited power, arising from ownership. And this includes total submission on our part to God's will, not to slavish fear, but to joyfully, joyfully and willingly obeying him. I just wanted, as a prayer, this is a song that I want to pray with you. Oh my God and King, to you alone I come. You are the face I will see for all eternity. You are my dream come true, just to be with you. How I would see brand new, O oh Lord, with eyes that are only for you. My God and King, through the storm I'll sing, covered by your wings, this song of love I sing. You are my dream come true, just to be with you. I see brand new, O oh Lord, with eyes only for you. I have eyes only for you, Lord. The one thing I desire in my life is to have eyes only for you. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Is he Lord of your life?